Chapter 11 A Little Secret Kiana shuffled to the edge of the bed. Breathing heavy, she stretched her good leg to the floor. The bad one lay limp among ruffled sheets, knees still swollen despite the deluge of ice it had been subjected to. She knew from experience she'd make it worse by trying to stand, but she couldn't reach the bell to summon Gwyneth, and she desperately needed to pee. Just a few steps she muttered to her useless limb. Please! Her leg didn't answer. Instead, a knock came at the door. It was uncharacteristically considerate of Tanis to knock, but Kiana remained focused on her knee, shifting it inch by inch to the edge of the bed, careful to keep it straight. On one hand, she didn't want to deal with her sister yet. On the other... Her bladder was begging her to accept assistance. With her silence, she left the outcome to the stars. Still, when Tanis didn't barrel into the room spouting something insensitive, Kiana looked up. Despite her inability to move, she almost leapt off the bed. The twin with the afro hair was peering around the door, and Kiana's face burst into flame. Oh was all she could manage, gripping the sheet's white knuckle tight. Behind her horror, disappointment twinged. She'd been thinking about the non-binary twins since she'd been placed so gently on the bed, wanting to thank them properly. Regardless, she didn't want to see either of them. This twin beamed despite having entered a stuffy room that likely smelled of bed sweat. May I come in? Kiana could only gawk, this overwhelmingly beautiful girl, whose lengthy legs were clad in form-fitting trousers, and whose white shirt looked striking against her dark skin, was here to see her. This girl that had sneered when Kiana fell, that had watched the others help. They were about to have a conversation, and there was no way to escape it. She didn't answer, but the twins strode into the room anyway. Dazed, Kiana lifted a hand to her hair. It was a tangled mess, and her eyes had to be red and puffy from all the crying. When was the last time she'd changed her clothes? Oblivious to her turmoil, the twin bounced across to the bedside table, placing down a small vase and turning yellow flowers to face Kiana. They grow beneath the snow, she purred, her accent adding a musical lilt to each word. I have always liked them because they are strong, like you. My name is Timiki. It is a pleasure to meet you. Kiana blinked at her, jaw clenched tight. It hadn't seemed like a pleasure back in the courtyard. Timiki's smirk had reminded her of the girls back in Celestia that had laughed when Kiana was brave enough to venture out and talk to them. Then again, Kiana had been in so much pain in the courtyard. Perhaps she judged unfairly. Did you enjoy your meal? Gwyneth had brought a tray overflowing with culinary delights, and she'd devoured every crumb. Kiana liked food at the best of times, but especially when she was miserable. Fixing her eyes on Timothy's hands, she managed to croak, 
Yes. And how are you feeling? Do you mind having a quick talk? It was one thing to demand your sister leave you alone, another entirely to turn away a beautiful stranger gifting you flowers. Kiana nodded, still staring at every part of Timothy that wasn't her face. Timothy seemed unfazed by her awkwardness. Brightly, she said, Wonderful, because Lord Ollinger is waiting outside. He wants to discuss something with you. Kiana's eyes widened and her gaze flicked to the door. Lord Ollinger? Now? Why? She wanted to impress the man, not horrify him. She couldn't think of anything worse than him stepping into this gross, stuffy room. You must not worry. It is just a talk. This time, Kiana was sure she didn't even nod. Yet Timothy skipped to the door and held it open, while Kiana abruptly yearned for her sister to come back. Holding her breath, hoping this was a trick and Timothy was as cruel as the girls in Celestia, Kiana stared at the empty doorway. Then he filled it, as beautiful and impressive as before, despite the fact that he was a little less immaculate. His shirt was loose, his hair must, but his smile came easy as those impossibly bright eyes settled upon her. He inclined his head. I wished to welcome you to my home under better circumstances, but you are welcome, nonetheless. She swallowed, clutching the edge of the bed to stop her hands shaking. His eyes fell to her legs, and she was sure she was on fire. The shame burned so terribly. I am sorry about your accident. We will provide anything you need to aid your recovery. As he talked, Timothy slipped across the room and dropped casually onto the bed. In that same moment, Kiana's heart flopped out of her chest. She stared at the floor, acutely aware of Timothy's hand inches from her own. Her throat had never felt so dry. She wanted to move, to put some space between them, but she didn't want to be rude and she also didn't want to move, which made it all that much more overwhelming. She heard Ollinger's footsteps, then his shadow fell over her. May I? he asked. Did she nod this time? She wasn't sure, just like she wasn't sure what he was asking, because of course he could. Kiana was in no position to deny him anything. When he sat on her other side, she could hardly breathe. I am afraid I must be somewhat abrupt, he said, sighing. Your sister does not seem willing to help us, and so I am here with you behind her back. Kiana's chest tightened, and her head jerked up to find his green eyes closer than she expected. She leaned away from him, only to feel the warmth of Timothy at her back. Clenching her hands in her lap, she forced herself to take a long breath. Is she okay? She managed. Ollinger nodded. She is upset. That is all. Neither of you are in any danger here. Now she'd met his gaze, it was hard to look away. In time, I believe your sister will understand why I could not give her the information she craved back in Celestia. But I had imagined she would react better to it. I had hoped she would be excited to be part of something so important. After all, 
Saving the witches would change both of your lives for the better. Her panic, her anxiety, faded into a mist of confusion. Kiana blinked at Lord Ollinger, sure she'd misheard him. The witches? They're alive, said Timothy, in a reverent whisper, and we're going to save them. Slowly, Kiana peeled her eyes from Lord Ollinger to meet Timothy's. But the Guardian killed them. Everyone knows. No, Timothy grinned. The Guardian locked them in her tower, and we have been waiting for our chance to save them. All we lacked was a way to get into the highest window of the highest floor of the Bloodhound's base. As Kiana stared out the frosted windows of her room, she didn't see the darkness of a deepening night. She saw the looming shadow of the Guardian's tower. You need a windwalker. Their silence was confirmation. In all her wildest dreams, she could never have imagined this. It was impossible, and yet this lord believed in it. This girl beside her believed in it. Griffin, who'd saved Kiana's life, believed in it. And she wanted to. By the stars, she wanted to. The witches alive? It would change the world. But one person didn't believe, and it seemed she was the only one that could help them prove it true. Mind racing, Kiana shook her head. I can't help you. If Tanis doesn't want to do it, I won't change her mind, and I... She took a deep breath, then looked Lord Ollinger in the eyes. I don't want to either. If the witches are alive, breaking in to save them will be too dangerous. I don't want Tanis to... Timothy grabbed her hand, squeezing tightly. Kiana was so flustered by the touch, she lost her train of thought. I will not deny it is a dangerous mission, said Ollinger, and Kiana watched him to avoid facing Timothy. But we will take every precaution. And with a windwalker on our side, it can be done. His eyes burned with conviction. I believe it with all my heart. And Kiana believed him. It was impossible not to. How could Tanis have reacted any differently? He smiled, running a hand through his hair in a gesture so at ease it made Kiana relax herself. In the month we have to prepare. I hope your sister will change her mind. But she is not the reason I am talking to you. She barely heard him, barely felt Timothy's touch. Her mind raced ahead with thoughts of the witches, with the dream they could return. Tanis wouldn't need to live in fear. And Kiana? She could be healed. She stared at her knee, feeling the burn of disease in her joints, and tears stung her eyes. Even if Lord Ollinger was wrong, how could she resist hoping? I am here, he said, because I want you to be part of the mission. His words clattered through her brain with the force of a storm-churned wave. Me? He laughed. So surprised. Gwyneth tells me you are interested in history. With hope that Tanis agrees to join us, I need a cover story to bring her to the Winter Gala, where we will set our plan into motion. 
If you play the role of my cousin from Saumont, we can pass Tannis off as one of your personal attendants, and no questions will be asked. The gala. Your cousin. It wasn't impressive to repeat everything he said, but it was all so ridiculous she couldn't help it. It would be difficult to pass Tannis off as a member of my family, as we will need to dye your hair anyway. A familial connection between us, however distant, will be readily accepted. Dye her hair because the hounds had seen it. The hounds who would be at the gala, where Kiana would be, and where the Guardian would be. Where they'd save the witches? If you accept this charge, then there is work for you to do, once you feel strong enough. I have selected some books from the library that you should read. If you attend the gala on my arm, you may need to speak with other guests, and so it is important you know about Saumont and about our family. You will also peruse the guest list to learn what you can about the other attendees. Finally, you must learn proper protocol, as befitting a lady of a noble house. The Guardian's annual gala was attended by the elite of Christnos, and the select few from the Union she continued to trade with. He was asking Kiana to act a role, to perform with confidence, to be a part of something essential. Panic rattled through her once more. She closed her eyes. I can't. She could barely walk, barely talk to people. She'd give them all away, get them killed. There was a long silence, and when Kiana finally cracked an eye open, she found Lord Ollinger staring at her legs and frowning. Her heart sank. It would happen now. He'd realise what she was and take it all back. I believe that you can. Their eyes met, and Kiana's heart swelled in her chest. The denial had fallen out of her, instinctive and well-worn, yet he sounded so certain. And, she stumbled on the words, watching his reaction. Tannis won't like it. He lifted an eyebrow and chuckled. Undoubtedly. Just as she won't like me much for telling you any of this. It goes without saying she doesn't know I'm here. Perhaps we should give her a day or two to settle in first, before you share the news. I will leave that decision to you, and I shall brace myself for her reaction. Kiana laughed, ducking her head a little. He already knew her sister well, and he was generous, for he'd given her permission to keep a secret, but hadn't demanded she do so. And Kiana needed time, time to work hard and to prove herself. If Tannis could see it was possible, she might be more accepting. Maybe they really could do this together. Timothy has agreed to help you with whatever you need. Only then did Kiana remember Timothy still held her hand. She glanced back and quickly away, the thought of spending more time with her simultaneously exciting and terrifying. So, will you do it? Lord Ollinger asked. Will you help us? Kiana's eyes flicked from him to her and then the floor, to avoid the intensity of both as she wavered. She hadn't forced her sister to come here because she'd believed she would be part of the mission, yet the thought sent her soaring at the same moment it made her stomach churn. 
Yes, a woman had died in an alley because Kiana needed saving. Yes, she'd left Nan behind. She'd feared she'd made a terrible mistake, and that hurting her leg was some sort of fateful punishment. But wasn't this proof she'd been right to act? Wouldn't it all be worth it, and more besides, if she helped save the witches? And she'd be healed. She didn't know what had happened at the dinner she'd refused to attend. She didn't know why Tannis was unwilling to help. But she could guess. Her sister didn't trust, and her sister didn't hope. Kiana would have to trust and hope for them both. Yes, she said, breathless. Yes, I agree. For a split second, Ollinger placed a hand on her shoulder. Then he stood. His eyes glowed with satisfaction. Then, my lady, I ask you to rest. For now, I entrust you to Timothy's care. Tomorrow, a dear friend of mine is visiting, and I shall be occupied with her. Kiana stiffened. He noticed, and shook his head. Do not fear. In fact, Lady Aitana knows all about our mission. It is why she is stopping by. Her tension faded away, and she grinned. Somebody else that wanted to save Christnos? A powerful lady? Now she'd agreed, excitement filled her to bursting. Will I be able to meet her? Ollinger tilted his head to the side. She is a very busy woman. Well, that wasn't a no. When she'd fallen from the carriage, she'd been so certain that her time at this estate would be miserable. Yet here she was, and Timothy was still holding her hand, and a powerful woman involved in the mission was coming tomorrow. I look forward to your progress, said Lord Ollinger before bowing at the waist and sweeping from the room. Kiana stared after him, skin prickling and eyes unseeing. It all felt so surreal. Now he was gone, she feared she'd imagined it. Then Timothy lifted her hand between them, and Kiana turned to the twin. Let me help you to the music room. The others will be there. Staring into large eyes, framed by thick lashes, in a face so smooth she was sure she must be dreaming, Kiana could only blink. If she were dreaming, she wanted the dream to last as long as it could. Normally, she'd hide. She was embarrassed after her fall. She was sweaty and scruffy. And yet she did want to thank the other twin. Lionheart, she thought. Be Lionheart. A little dizzy and feeling faintly nauseous, Kiana nodded. Beaming, Timothy helped her stand. Tannis didn't need to be freezing her arse off. It wasn't necessary to be standing in the snow as night fell and wind gusted off the sea, especially without a cloak to shield her, and with an empty stomach but she couldn't bring herself to move. By the witches, these people were out of their minds. She took another swig from the bottle. Countless bleeders had died since the Guardian came, and the witches were dead. They would have fought and struggled until death, before allowing their people to be massacred, and to suggest otherwise was... Something smacked her in the face. Swearing. 
Tannis snatched the bundle before it fell and spun to whoever dared interrupt her internal raging. The rant caught in her throat. Griffin stepped into the dark with her, thick arms folded, with a scowl on his face. You need to get a handle on your temper. Tannis pointed the bundle at him, wishing it were a knife. You need to fuck off. You need to drink less wine. Hissing, she whirled away, tottering slightly in the process. Put it on. She looked at the bundle despite herself, and it slowly formed into a cloak. Shivering, violently, she pretended she hadn't heard him because she was an idiot. She'd always been an idiot. There was nothing she could do about it, except change, which she was certainly not going to do in this damn place. Griffin muttered something. He stomped through the snow until he stood in front of her, breath gusting over her head. Snatching the cloak from her hands, he flung it around her shoulders. Only when his fingers reached for the clasp at her throat did Tannis swat him away. They glared at one another. The others wouldn't come out here. Timothy was busy. Nemetra doesn't care. Ollinger wasn't even part of the equation, Tannis noted. She laughed. And you do care? No. But I owe Lord Ollinger everything, and he needs you. How sweet. He shook his head, curls dancing angrily. What's wrong with you? She could see his eyes more clearly now, how they smouldered and sparked. He was angrier than he was letting on. In fact, maybe as angry as she. What would it take for him to lose control? Everything, she snapped, shoving his chest for emphasis. He barely moved. I understand. You're a coward that runs away when something threatens to be difficult. Her nostrils flared. I'm no coward. I'm just not a fool. The witches are dead and the job is impossible. He loomed over her. She had to tilt her head back to meet his eyes. You look like a coward to me. You'd rather not try than see yourself fail. This? He jabbed a finger towards the bottle. Has nothing to do with the witches. Better to never know what you could be than to want something more and fall short. She stepped in close, lifting her face to his hoping he'd step back. He didn't. I have nothing to prove to you. Instead, he leaned closer, so she could feel his breath on her face. She forced herself to hold his stare. I doubt you'd prove much anyway. An incoming storm swirled around them, flurries of snow stinging bare skin, as their heated gazes remained locked together in a battle of wills. Griffin's power was fire, but his will was steel. Tannis yanked her new cloak tight around her, eyes narrowing. I know what you're doing. He sighed, lifting his gaze over her head. She took the moment to compose herself. If you want to leave, you don't need to kill yourself out here to make a point. Rest and go in the morning. It's for the best anyway. He brushed past her knocking into her shoulder as he went. Tannis seethed, hating that she felt colder in his absence despite the cloak, hating that she couldn't leave in the morning, because her sister couldn't walk, and where would she go anyway? 
Tipping her head back, she gripped the stone on her necklace. The stars peeking between swirling clouds winked at her, and she scowled back at them. What she'd give for another witch to fall from the sky and blast the entire estate out of existence. And if I don't leave, she shouted, still staring at the stubbornly fixed stars. Then training starts at dawn in this courtyard. Training, where she'd instantly prove just how much of a fraud she really was. Or she'd learn to fly. An idea struck. It settled in her mind with all the comfort of a fresh cup of coffee. She glanced towards the shadows of the drums. If flying truly was part of her power, if training could grant her that ability, then maybe she should put all she had into it. Then, once the people here trusted her, she'd simply fly Kiana over the border and forget they ever existed. Tannis looked back at Griffin's shrinking shadow, his silhouette was bathed in the warm light of the open doorway. Who's training me? He didn't look back. Stars help me. I am. <laughs>